Today is the 14th day of December. Welcome to the Daily Audio Bible. I am Brian. It's great to be here. Welcome back to the Global Campfire. We're all here. We're all cozy. We're all ready to take the next step forward together. As we continue to take steps forward toward the end of the year, and steps forward in the Bible each and every day to lead us toward the end of the scriptures for this year. And we are moving our way in the Old Testament through the portion of scripture known as the Minor Prophets. These are shorter works of prophetic utterances that are in the scriptures. So we're moving through them rather quickly. Yesterday, we talked about Obadiah, and then we read the whole thing, all of Obadiah, which happens to be the shortest book in the Old Testament. Today, we aren't embarking on the next to shortest book in the Old Testament, but we will read the entire book today, the book of Jonah, which is a super famous story in the scriptures. Jonah was a prophet. He lived in the northern kingdom of Israel. We've talked about this uh, since we started the Minor Prophets, just remembering that after Solomon, the kingdoms split into two, and there was the northern kingdom of Israel and the southern kingdom of Judah. Jonah was from the northern kingdom of Israel. He lived practically, practically due west of the southern tip of the Sea of Galilee, and he lived during the reign of King Jeroboam II. Jonah is a little bit different than most of the other prophets in the Bible because most of the other prophets in the Bible were instructed to speak to God's people, the children of Israel. This is not who Jonah was sent to speak to. He was instructed to go to the city of Nineveh. And at the time, Nineveh was one of the largest cities on the face of the earth. So this is like any of the largest cities on the earth today, like Mexico City or New York City or Los Angeles or, I don't know, London or I don't know all of the major cities in, uh, on the whole earth. But if we think about the largest cities, at this time, Nineveh was one of the largest cities although considerably smaller than the cities that we have of today. It's still one of the major cities in the known world. The ruins of Nineveh still exist. They're located near uh, the modern city of Mosul in Iraq. And a lot of the ruins of ancient Nineveh have been damaged or destroyed during the time of ISIS there. Anyway, Jonah, Jonah did not want the assignment. He did not want to do what God was asking him to do. He did not want to go to a people who were the enemies of Israel and speak to them on behalf of God. Because if they're enemies of Israel, they're enemies of God. And so rather than obeying God, Jonah went in the opposite direction. Literally the opposite direction and went to the Mediterranean coast and got on a ship in Joppa, which is basically the coastal suburb of Tel Aviv today. 
And we probably all generally know what happened to Jonah after he got on that ship. He ended up not on the ship, but rather in the belly of a great fish. And after three days of repentance, he was spewed out on the shore alive. Which, you know, as Christians, we can see the obvious foreshadowing of Jesus in the story and Jesus even talks about the sign of Jonah being the only sign that this generation will receive when he was walking upon the earth and doing his ministry. But Jonah doesn't just parallel Jesus or foreshadow Jesus. It parallels our own lives when we are instructed to do something that we don't want to do or we let pride or our fear of obeying get in the way and we find ourselves in disobedience or rebellion, then basically we can't do anything but find ourselves on the run from God, which is incredibly foolish. Maybe maybe stupid isn't even, even too strong of a word. It's a really foolish thing to do because it's not possible. And so Jonah had a, a lot more difficult time of things than he needed to have, even though he ultimately obeyed. He was swallowed in the open sea by a fish. Ironically, like we look at the fish and go like, holy moly, what, what was that must have been miserable. And certainly it must have been miserable. But the alternative was that Jonah would have been dead. And so the fish that came along actually became Jonah's salvation. God used the fish as a vehicle to get Jonah back on track and save his life. And when we find that we are running from God and we know it, it can very much feel like life is swallowing us alive. But in the end... As things are made right again, we may find that the very things that we felt like were swallowing us actually were transportation. They were moving us back onto the right path and ultimately to firm footing again. Or we can start over and be obedient. And so with that, let's begin and conclude. There are four chapters in the book of Jonah. We will read the entire book of Jonah today. Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and call out against it, for their evil has come up before me. But Jonah rose to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. He went down to Joppa and found a ship going to Tarshish, so he paid the fare and went down into it to go with them to Tarshish, away from the presence of the Lord. But the Lord hurled a great wind upon the sea, and there was a mighty tempest on the sea, so that the ship threatened to break up. Then the mariners were afraid, and each cried out to his God, and they hurled the cargo that was in the ship into the sea to lighten it for them. But Jonah had gone down into the inner part of the ship and had lain down and was fast asleep. So the captain came and said to him, What do you mean, you sleeper? 
Arise, call out to your God. Perhaps the God will give a thought to us that we may not perish. And they said to one another, Come, let's cast lots that we may know on whose account this evil has come upon us. So they cast lots, and the lot fell on Jonah. Then they said to him, Tell us on whose account this evil has come upon us. What is your occupation, and where do you come from? What is your country, and of what people are you? And he said to them, I am a Hebrew, and I fear the Lord, the God of heaven, who made the sea and the dry land. Then the men were exceedingly afraid and said to him, What is this that you have done? For the men knew that he was fleeing from the presence of the Lord, because he had told them. Then they said to him, What shall we do to you that the sea may quiet down for us? For the sea grew more and more tempestuous. He said to them, Pick me up and hurl me into the sea. Then the sea will quiet down for you. For I know it is because of me that this great tempest has come upon you. Nevertheless, the men rode hard to get back to dry land, but they could not, for the sea grew more and more tempestuous against them. Therefore they called out to the Lord, O Lord, let us not perish for this man's life, and lay not on us innocent blood, for you, O Lord, have done as it pleased you. So they picked up Jonah and hurled him into the sea, and the sea ceased from its raging. Then the men feared the Lord exceedingly, and they offered a sacrifice to the Lord and made vows. And the Lord appointed a great fish to swallow up Jonah. And Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. Then Jonah prayed to the Lord his God from the belly of the fish, saying, I called out to the Lord out of my distress, and he answered me. Out of the belly of Sheol I cried, and you heard my voice. For you cast me into the deep, into the heart of the seas, and the flood surrounded me. All your waves and your billows passed over me. Then I said, I am driven away from your sight, yet I shall again look upon your holy temple. The waters closed in over me to take my life. The deep surrounded me. Weeds were wrapped around my head at the roots of the mountains. I went down to the land whose bars closed upon me forever, yet you brought up my life from the pit. O Lord my God, when my life was fainting away, I remembered the Lord, and my prayer came to you into your holy temple. Those who pay regard to vain idols forsake their hope of steadfast love. But I, with the voice of thanksgiving, will sacrifice to you. What I have vowed I will pay. Salvation belongs to the Lord. And the Lord spoke to the fish, 
and it vomited Jonah out upon the dry land. Then the word of the Lord came to Jonah the second time, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and call out against it the message that I tell you. So Jonah arose and went to Nineveh, according to the word of the Lord. Now Nineveh was an exceedingly great city, three days' journey in breadth. Jonah began to go into the city, going a day's journey, and he called out, Yet forty days, and Nineveh shall be overthrown. And the people of Nineveh believed God. They called for a fast and put on sackcloth, from the greatest of them to the least of them. The word reached the king of Nineveh, and he arose from his throne, removed his robe, covered himself with sackcloth, and sat in ashes. And he issued a proclamation and published throughout Nineveh, By the decree of the king and his nobles, let neither man nor beast, herd nor flock, taste anything. Let them not feed or drink water. But let man and beast be covered with sackcloth and let them call out mightily to God. Let everyone turn from his evil way and from the violence that is in his hands. Who knows? God may turn and relent and turn from his fierce anger so that we may not perish. When God saw what they did, how they turned from their evil way, God relented of the disaster that he had said he would do to them, and he did not do it. But it displeased Jonah exceedingly, and he was angry. And he prayed to the Lord and said, O Lord, is not this what I said when I was yet in my country? That is why I made haste to flee to Tarshish, for I knew that you are a gracious God and merciful, slow to anger, and abounding in steadfast love, and relenting from disaster. Therefore now, O Lord, please take my life from me, for it is better for me to die than to live. And the Lord said, Do you do well to be angry? Jonah went out of the city and sat to the east of the city and made a booth for himself there. He sat under it in the shade till he could see what would become of the city. Now the Lord God appointed a plant and made it come up over Jonah that it might be a shade over his head to save him from his discomfort. So Jonah was exceedingly glad because of the plant. But when dawn came up the next day, God appointed a worm that attacked the plant so that it withered. When the sun rose, God appointed a scorching east wind, and the sun beat down on the head of Jonah so that he was faint. And he asked that he might die, and said, It is better for me to die than to live. But God said to Jonah, Do you do well to be angry for the plant? And he said, Yes, I do well to be angry angry enough to die. And the Lord said, You pity the plant for which you did not labor, nor did you make it grow, which came into being in a night 
and perished in a night. And should not I pity Nineveh, that great city in which there are more than 120,000 persons who do not know their right hand from their left, and also much cattle? Revelation 5 Then I saw in the right hand of him who was seated on the throne a scroll written within and on the back, sealed with seven seals. And I saw a mighty angel proclaiming with a loud voice, Who is worthy to open the scroll and break its seals? And no one in heaven or on earth or under the earth was able to open the scroll or to look into it. And I began to weep loudly because no one was found worthy to open the scroll or to look into it. And one of the elders said to me, Weep no more. Behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has conquered so that he can open the scroll and its seven seals. And between the throne and the four living creatures and among the elders I saw a lamb standing, as though it had been slain, with seven horns and with seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent out into all the earth. And he went and took the scroll from the right hand of him who was seated on the throne. And when he had taken the scroll, the four living creatures and the twenty-four elders fell down before the Lamb, each holding a harp and golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. And they sang a new song, saying, Worthy are you to take the scroll and to open its seals, for you were slain, and by your blood you ransomed people for God from every tribe and language and people and nation. And you have made them a kingdom and priests to our God, and they shall reign on the earth. Then I looked, and I heard around the throne and the living creatures and the elders the voice of many angels, numbering myriads of myriads and thousands of thousands saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and might and honor and glory and blessing. And I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and in the sea and all that is in them saying, To him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb, be blessing and honor and glory and might forever and ever. And the four living creatures said, Amen. And the elders fell down and worshipped. Psalm 133 When brothers dwell in unity, a song of ascents, of David. Behold how good and pleasant it is 
when brothers dwell in unity? It is like the precious oil on the head running down on the beard, on the beard of Aaron, running down on the collar of his robes. It is like the dew of Hermon, which falls on the mountains of Zion. For there the Lord has commanded the blessing, life forevermore. Proverbs 29, 26, and 27. Many seek the face of a ruler, but it is from the Lord that a man gets justice. An unjust man is an abomination to the righteous, but one whose way is straight is an abomination to the wicked. Okay, so we have moved through the book of Jonah in its entirety today, and we already kind of talked about it. I just want to point out that it's not really until the end that we begin to understand why Jonah didn't want to obey God in the first place. And so much of it is very, very focused on Jonah and his own self-image and perhaps even his place in his culture, in his region where he lives among the people. Nineveh was the enemy. God was telling Jonah to go to the enemy and invite them to repent before the Lord God. Jonah, being a prophet, would have preferred to prophesy anywhere but Nineveh, He would prefer to prophesy the destruction of Nineveh to his own people. Instead, God is telling him to go to the enemy and invite them to repent. How would he look if he did that? How is he going to explain, yeah, I went all the way to Nineveh. And by the way, that's not like a walk across town. Like we, We read from Jonah that To walk across Nineveh would take three days. For Jonah to obey God and actually go to Nineveh was hundreds and hundreds of miles with no airplanes and no like combustible engines to get anywhere. A very, very committed journey. And so he's going to go there and proclaim uh, the word of the Lord and tell the people to repent and then come back and How's that going to go over? Yes, I went to the enemies of our nation, the enemies of God, and told them to repent. And so Jonah goes in the other direction. He's trying to get away from this mission. And we know the story. He ends up in the belly of the fish. He ends up on dry ground again. He ends up going to Nineveh and obeying God. He walks a day into the city and proclaims the word of the Lord that they should repent or meet complete destruction And their response is to humble themselves before the Lord God and repent. This makes Jonah exceedingly angry, right? According to the scripture, he he is furious about this. And that's when he tells the Lord, this is why I didn't obey you. This is why I didn't come here. 
These are our enemies. And you've told me to come here and tell them to repent. And I knew that you are kind and merciful. Or just to quote it from Jonah, for I knew that you are a gracious God and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and relenting from disaster. So Jonah's basically saying, I knew this would happen. (laughs) I knew this is what you were going to do. This is why I did not want to come here. I want to die. My life isn't worth living anymore. It's such a weird response unless we think, well, why? Like, what's the big deal? God did something very, very kind and gracious. He he reached out mercifully and gave people an opportunity to turn from their wicked ways so that they wouldn't be destroyed. Now Jonah will have to go home and say, I went to Nineveh at the instruction of the Lord and the Lord told them to repent and they repented. Repented. Our enemies, whom we want to destroy if we can, they repented. God was merciful to them. Jonah is set up for ridicule completely. But it's not just that he's set up to look bad. His heart is not for what God wanted, which is the repentance of everybody. Jonah didn't want those people to be spared. He wanted them to be destroyed. And that's where it can get so personal for us. We can be merciless toward people that do not think about things the same way that we do or that do not share our political convictions or who do not share our theology on certain subjects, or who cut us off in the road, or who did anything to displease us, we can get merciless. If we felt like God was sending us to people that we wanted God to destroy, and that we've done our part in bad-mouthing or posting or whatever, And we felt God saying, no, I want you to go to them. I want you to go to them on my behalf. This could feel a little bit like the story of Esther and not for such a time as this. This could feel like the king telling Haman to go and put the king's robe upon Mordecai and put him on the king's mule and march him through the city and declare, this is how... The king wants to honor his loyal servant. We can find ourselves doing everything we can to stay away from that situation. Or if we try to obey, we're going with our nose. We're like plugging our nose. We don't want to do this because God might be merciful and we might look stupid. So it's kind of important for us to remember that just because we hate somebody doesn't mean God does. Just because we don't want to tolerate somebody or they're disgusting to us or they're deceived according to us, God loves them. God loves them as much as he loves you and I. 
And so Jonah really does, in fact, bring out much for us to consider about our own lives. And Father, that's where we are. That's what we're doing. We're considering. And once again, as we do every day, thank you for your word. It brings these things up in our lives for us to consider. And Holy Spirit, come. We're guilty of all of this. We're guilty of all of the things that we find in the Bible. But shame and condemnation isn't the point. Repentance and change is the point. An invitation to put these broken pieces back together in our lives so that we can begin to look at the world and its people like you do. And so come Holy Spirit, show us the places where we have just been merciless toward people even wishing for their destruction in some sort of way, their hardship in some sort of way, so that they can get what they deserve. That isn't for us to decide. It is our job to obey you. And part of obeying you is loving what you love. And you love what you have created You don't love all of the things that we've invented to destroy ourselves and to separate ourselves from you, but you love us. May we love one another. We pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. DailyAudioBible.com is home base it's the website so you find out what's going on around here and it's christmas time around here and we've been saying that for a couple weeks because it's christmas time around here it's christmas time around everywhere and so uh reminding you the daily audio bible family christmas box that is all full of goodies like uh the promised land uh photographs from the land of the bible coffee table edition is in there the God of Your Story is in there. The uh, Christmas ornament for 2022 is in there. Um, Daily Audio Bible Global Campfire Candle is in there. Um, Sneezing Jesus is in there. Reframe is in there. It's full of goodies. And you can see them all in the Daily Audio Bible shop in the Christmas category. And so uh, they are available. This is the final week for shipping for Christmas. We, we will be doing like all the way through this week and then we're going to ship early next week uh, for the final shipment domestically to arrive for Christmas in the United States. So just be aware if you want to get the family Christmas box for Christmas, this is time to go to the Daily Eddie Bible Shop and grab that. And then I've also been mentioning the Christmas music that you can uh, stream and incorporate into your playlists for the season. The Christmas Time album. Beautiful, beautiful contemplative Christmas album by Maxwell Harden. Uh, Family Christmas. Another beautiful orchestrated contemplative um, Christmas classic Christmas album. And you can look from my name. And then uh, the powerhouse of our family is Jill in just about every conceivable way, but she's a fantastic singer. And so you can look up her name, Jill Parr, and find her Christmas songs that are available as well to incorporate into your holiday season. So check that out. 
If you want to partner with the Daily Audio Bible, as we approach these final weeks of another year, thank you, humbly. If this mission to bring the spoken word and offer it freely to anyone who will listen every single day, wherever they may be, whatever time it may be, no matter what's going on, and to build community around that rhythm, if that is meaningful, then thank you humbly for your partnership. There is a link on the homepage at dailyaudiobible.com. If you're using the app, you can press the Give button in the upper right-hand corner. Or the mailing address is P.O. Box 1996, Spring Hill, Tennessee, 37174. And as always, if you have a prayer request or encouragement, you can hit the hotline button in the app. That's the little red button up at the top. Or you can dial 877-942-4253. And that is it for today. I'm Brian. I love you. And I'll be waiting for you here. Tomorrow. Hey, Dabbers, it's Valiant Val here in Vegas. I just heard our guy, uh, People on the Water. Man, we love when you call in. You're so beautiful and so young. He's only 19 and he's been in college for a couple months and he's quitting college. And you know what, People on the Water? That's okay. Good. Hashtag good. You know, it definitely sounds like you know what you need to do. You know, that at 19, you don't need to have it figured out because, baby... I'm far beyond that, and I've yet to figure it out. And you know what, people on the water? I don't think we ever fully figure it out because it's God's way. And He never gives us all the answers to the playbook. He kind of gives us the plays, and we have to just run those plays just bit by bit. That's the way this life is, little by little. So I'm asking you to give yourself a break and a pat on the back. And for all young people and teenagers, young adults that are calling in, You all put so much pressure on yourself. Stop it. God continuously gives us assignments in life. And he never gives us all the answers at once. He gives us the ability to see to the end of the road. He sees around the corner and down the street. He sees the end before the beginning. So Lord God, I come to you right now for people on the water and young people, Lord, in general. Allow them to give themselves a break, Father. God, thank you for the assignments that you give us throughout this life, for the varied assignments and even the new ones that we're all on right now. God, we just need to have hope and faith in you and things will work out and be fine. People on the water, one of the things that I do when I can't seem to figure it out is go serve, go volunteer, go be of help to someone else. It gets you off. Hello, Dab family. This is Pastor Steve from Southwest Ohio. Just calling to say that you are greatly, all greatly loved and prayed for without ceasing. I know there are several people who've called that are very uh, disheartened and sad and down. Well, His word tells us that we are to look up and be glad and uh, be thankful for every rich blessing we receive. And they are many. 
I'm thankful for you all within this family. And uh, I praise God for the ministry that it provides, especially for me every day. Just know again that you are all greatly loved and prayed for, and this is for everyone. So Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, and by the power of your Holy Spirit, we ask that you would touch every heart out there that have called and that will call and help them with whatever need they have. And we'll give you praise for doing that in Jesus' name. Everyone take care. God bless. Hey, Daily Audio Bible. It's winter from Texas. And I just listened December 6th and 7th back to back, and I heard people in the water's dad call in and people in the water's himself call in. And let me just tell you, I understand the struggle of wanting to quit college. I am in a profession that's not really right for me, I think. And I've thought every day about quitting because I don't really need the degree to do my field. It's just helpful in the future, you know. But you got to trust God. I know you've heard like you got to trust God and you got to turn to God and all that. What I mean is if you went home and you were hungry and there was food in the fridge, you would probably eat it. If, if you're in a bad space and you go home to God and you're hungry, he's willing to feed you. You need to be fed because you can't just continue being hungry, right? God will take care of you. He's taking care of the fields, the birds. He's taking care of me with almost seemingly menial things. On the days that I've been wanting to cry, he's given me parking spots. He's given me green lights. He's given me uh, just somebody who's there for me and who will talk with me. Like, God cares about you. And even though it seems just dire and bleak right now, you've got to trust that he's going to be there for you, okay? You're not alone. He, he will always be there for you. Just go home and eat, okay? Hi, DAB. My name is Rachel, and I'm calling from Pennsylvania. It's my first time calling, first year listening to the DAB. I wanted to call and lift up in prayer Jasmine from New York, who called in on November 22nd about having issues with procrastination with God and with her schoolwork and anxiety and low self-esteem. Lord, I place her before you, and I pray that you would have your way in her life, that you would increase her faith and strengthen her from the inside out. Lord, that you would see her heart and know that she wants to serve you despite things that are coming up. She called in because she knows she needs more of you, Lord, so I pray that you would honor her for that and that she would be lifted up. I also pray that she would be surrounded, that people would come into her path that would guide her spiritually and help her to move forward in this journey. Lord, whatever that may be. And I, I pray over anybody else who's struggling with anxiety and depression and just feeling unworthy because you don't condemn us. You correct us, but you don't condemn us. Your word says that all things work together for the good of those who love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. So any feeling of condemnation and lack of self-worth, that's not God. That's the enemy. He's the accuser of the brethren. So I rebuke that 
spirit of accusation, that is spirit of condemnation that is plaguing our people, particularly around this holiday season where just depression is running rampant. God, I rebuke that in Jesus' name, that your people be lifted up, because you did not give us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. So I pray, Lord, that you would give a sound mind unto your people, that they would be lifted up and know that you love them and that they are more than conquerors through Christ Jesus. Amen. Good morning, everyone. It's Susan from Canada, God's Yellow Flower Calling, and I have a praise report today. Um, as most of you know, I've been looking after my son, who is now 44, and when he was 39, he was diagnosed with stage four cancer, and heavens above, there was no treatment for this cancer, so he was put on a trial with 19 others, and he's the only one who is still in remission. We just got the report today. All the others have not done well, but Keith, and I just give praise to God, um, the scientific part of the of this miracle is baffling to the doctors. Uh, Keith's case is being studied all around the world, and um, nobody can understand it except my DAV family and my prayer warrior for friends. Uh, I don't know why God chooses to uh, bless someone and not others and know that I'm praying continuing in prayer for all your loved ones and you yourselves who are suffering from this horrible disease it's so difficult Keith's life is um, like he only has half a lung working because his cancer spread to his lungs and he needed treatments and it's burnt out his lungs uh, so he's on oxygen all the time and uh, really can't do a lot, but he's with us still. And he's such a, a gracious and grateful young man. Thank you for your prayers and continue on, please. Amen. Hi, Dad family. This is uh, Rockhound in Georgia. And I was just calling today, been sick and out of commission a little bit, but I was just calling today to tell you, wow, Brian, I'm so excited that you're going to even dive a little deeper into the book of Revelation. Um, maybe not every day, but at the end of the prayer time. Uh, what a great way to end up the year. Thank you so much for that. This podcast and this program is so life-giving and so uh, wonderful, and I just want to thank you so much for it. Um, you're an amazing teacher and guide, and uh, God is using you greatly in the lives of so many people. And I just want to say thank you so much to you, to um, the Dab family, and to all uh, of those who pray and intercede and get involved and um, are so intentional about investing in the lives of the people here. Um, I just love this program so much and love you all and pray for you so often. And uh, thank you again. In, uh, till next time.